Chapter Twenty Six of Bill Nye's Cordwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Bill Nye's Cordwood by Bill Nye. Chapter Twenty Six. Bill Nye's Advice to a Youth About Drugs and Writing. Mr. Bill Nye, Hudson, Wisconsin. Dear Sir. I hope you will pardon me for addressing you on a matter of pure business, but I have heard that you are not averse to going out of your way to do a favor now and then to those who are sincere and appreciative. I have learned from a friend that you have been around all over the West, and so I have taken the liberty of writing you to ask what you think would be the chances of success for a young man if he were to go to Kansas to enter the drug business. I am a practical young druggist, twenty-three years of age, and have some money, a few hundred dollars, with which to go into business. Would you advise Kansas or Colorado as a good part of the West for that business? I have also written some for the press, but with little success. I enclose you a few slips cut from the papers in which these articles originally appeared. I send stamp for reply and hope you will answer me, even though your time may be taken up pretty well by other matters. Respectfully yours, Adolf Jaynes, Lockbox 604. Hudson, Wisconsin, October the 1st. Mr. Adolf Jaynes, Lockbox 604. Dear Sir, Your favor of late date is at hand, and I take pleasure in writing this dictated letter to you, using the columns of the Chicago Daily News as a delicate way of reaching you. I will take the liberty of replying to your last question first, if you pardon me. And I say you would do better, no doubt at once, in a financial way, to go on with your drug business, than to monkey with literature. In the first place, your style of composition is like the present style of dress among men. It is absolutely correct, and therefore it is absolutely like that of nine men out of every ten we meet. Your style of writing has a mustache on it, wears a three-button cutaway of some scotch mixture, carries a cane, and wears a straight stand-up collar and scarf. It is so correct and so exactly in conformity with the prevailing style of composition, and your thoughts are expressed so thoroughly like other people's methods of dressing up their sentences and sandpapering the soul out of what they say, that I honestly think you would succeed better by trying to subsist upon the quick sales and small profits which the drug trade ensures. Now let us consider the question of location. Seriously, you ought to look over the ground yourself. But as you have asked me to give you my best judgment on the question of preferences between Kansas and Colorado, I will say without hesitation that if you mean by the drug business the sale of sure enough drugs, medicines, paints, oils, glass, putty, toilet articles, and prescriptions carefully compounded, I would not go to Kansas at this time. If you would like to go to a flourishing country and put out a big basswood mortar in front of your shop in order to sell the tincture of damnation throughout bleeding Kansas, now is your golden opportunity. Now is the accepted time. If it is the great, big, burning desire of your heart to go into a town of two thousand people and open the thirteenth drug store in order that you may stand behind a tall black walnut prescription case, day in and day out, with a graduate in one hand and a Babcock fire extinguisher in the other, filling orders for whiskey made of stump water and the juice of future punishment, you will do well to go to Kansas. 
It is a temperance state, and no saloons are allowed there. All is quiet and orderly, and the drug business is a great success. You can run a dummy drug store there with two dozen dreary old glass bottles on the shelves, punctuated by the hand of time and the Kansas fly of the period, and with a prohibitory law at your back and a tall red barrel in the back room filled with a mixture that will burn great holes into nature's heart and make the cemetery blossom as the rose, and in a few years you can sell enough of this justly celebrated preparation for household, scientific, and experimental purposes only to fill your flabby pockets with wealth and paint the pure air of Kansas a bright and inflammatory red. If you sincerely and earnestly yearn for a field where you may go forth and garner an honest harvest from the legitimate effort of an upright soda fountain, and free and open sale of slippery elm in its unadulterated condition, I would go to some state where I would not have to enter into competition with a style of pharmacy that has the unholy instincts and ambitions of a blind pig. I would not go into the field where red-eyed ruin simply waited for a prescription blank, not necessarily for publication, but simply as a guarantee of good faith, in order that it may be bound forth from behind the prescription case, and populate the poorhouses, and the pauper's nettle-grown addition to the silent city of the dead. The great question of how best to down the demon rum is before the American people, and it will not be put aside until it is settled. But while this is being attended to, Mr. Jaynes, I would start a drug store farther away from the center of conflict, and go on joyously sacrificing expensive tinctures, compounds, and syrups at bedrock prices. Go on, Mr. Jaynes, dealing out to the yearning, panting public, drugs, paints, oils, glass, putty, varnish, patent medicines, and prescriptions carefully compounded, with none to molest or make afraid. But shun, oh, shun, the wild-eyed pharmacopoeia that contains naught but the festering fluid so popular in Kansas, a compound that holds crime in solution and ruin in bulk, that shrivels up a man's gastric economy and sears great ragged holes into his immortal soul. Take this advice home to your heart, and you will ever command the hearty cooperation of yours for health, as the late Lydia E. Pinkham so succinctly said. Bill Nye End of section 26 Recording by Philip Gould.